Welcome to New Sound Church's weekly podcast. We are a church located in Palm Beach County, Florida, and we are so glad that you're listening with us. For more information about New Sound Church, you can visit our website at www.newsound.church or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Hey, New Sound Church, Pastor TJ here. We are so glad that you are joining us online this weekend. And I am excited to see what God is speaking to you and revealing to you through these 21 days of prayer and fasting that we are doing together as a church. And now here's what I know. If you haven't jumped in, into this with us, this is a great time to start. We're just about seven days into it. And I believe that God is speaking and revealing himself to each and every one of us in a new in a fresh way. And while we're doing this, God reminded me of not too long ago when I had the opportunity to do an obstacle course race. I don't know if you've ever done an obstacle course race, but I got invited to go and be a part of a Tough mutter race where it's about a five mile run. And throughout that mile run, there's 15 or 20 obstacles where you're climbing over walls, you're carrying buckets of stones, you're Uh, crawling underneath barbed wire, you're jumping over fire, all kinds of craziness that was happening. And I I was thinking about why in the world would I run a obstacle course race? And the reason I ran is because the people around me uh, they were telling me they were in much better shape than, than I was. And, and so automatically it brought out kind of this, uh, competitive nature inside of me and and one of the things that always seems to get me in life is when somebody says this phrase I bet you can't and anytime I hear that phrasing it ends up causing me a lot of bad decisions in life because when somebody tells me I can't automatically I want to prove them wrong in that moment The other thing is, is I also suffer from this terrible condition in my life called being a man, which automatically makes me think that I am in better shape than I actually am. And so I went and I did this obstacle race and I started running this race. And I would love to tell you that I conquered that obstacle course, but I'm here to tell you that that obstacle course really conquered me. I'm telling you what, I was sore than I've ever been. I was finding bruises and cuts all over my body. Days later, I was having trouble walking. And the impact of that course impacted me way greater than just the day I actually ran that course. I mean, for days and weeks afterwards, it was impacting me, my life. And it got me thinking about life because that is a lot like life. Life is a lot like an obstacle course. There's ups, there's downs, there's things you got to climb. It feels like there's aspects that are weighing you down. There's moments where you feel like you get face planted in some mud. And sometimes we feel stuck. We feel like we are financially stuck. We feel like we're relationally stuck. We feel like we're spiritually stuck in moments. And we even get to moments where we think to ourselves when we're stuck, is this even worth it? Like, why in the world am I continuing to endure this pain or this shame in this moment? And we start asking ourselves the question, am I ever going to really be able to overcome this? And all of us, if we're honest, we've been there at some point in our life. We've all had those moments where we're wrestling with ourselves: of, am I going to be able to finish this? And am I going to be able to finish this 
strong in life when we're in those moments where we feel like we are stuck. And today we're going to be looking at the life of Joseph. And we started looking at the life of Joseph a couple weeks ago. And and we're going to find out that when we're stuck in life, that there are some things that we can do to persevere and overcome and really, really finish strong in life. And Joseph's story really deepens this principle that I want to talk to you today about. And it's this. It's when we are faithful, God uses our greatest obstacles to create the greatest opportunities in our life. I believe that when we stay faithful, when we stay the course, when we keep running, God uses those obstacles that we're facing to create some incredible opportunities that only God can create and only God can do in our lives. And so today we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 39. And if you remember over the past couple of weeks, a little backstory on Joseph. Joseph is one of many brothers. He's actually his father's favorite child, and he has all these other siblings, but his father has this, for some reason, seems to love him more than all the other kids, and because he loves him more than all the other kids, he shows some favoritism for to him above the other brothers. Not only that, but God comes down and reveals himself to Joseph in a dream that is pretty unbelievable about his future and his life. And it isn't something that he just keeps to himself, but he actually begins to share that with his brothers. And it makes his brothers very, very jealous of him in that moment. Not only that, but he shares it with his father. And it makes his father very angry, but yet it triggers something inside of his father because they recognize that God was the one who gave dreams to them and that maybe God was speaking to Joseph's life, but the jealousy and hatred of his brothers continue to grow and elevate in life. And one day he asked his father to, or his father asked Joseph to go and check on his brothers. And as he's on his way to check on his brothers, they see him off from a distance and say, here comes that dreamer. They devise a plan to beat him up and to kill him. They actually attack him, throw him into a pit with the intent of killing him. And instead of killing him, they decide, hey, why don't we sell him off into slavery? It's actually the first human trafficking case that we see right here in the Bible. And, and so they sell him off. He's taken off into the land of Egypt, where eventually he gets sold by these Midianite traders to a guy named Potiphar. Now, in Potiphar's house, he is just a household servant, but Lo and behold, everything he puts his hand to seems to prosper. And Potiphar notices this about Joseph and starts giving him more responsibility, more authority in his house. It it seems like he's at the bottom and all of a sudden he's starting to rise to the top. As he's faithful, God is using what was seemed like an obstacle to become an opportunity. And God blesses his faithfulness and he continues to rise up. And And this is not really a bad gig for being a slave in this guy's house. Until Potiphar's wife, who we'll just call Hotiphar, starts to take notice of Joseph. He, she starts to realize that Joseph is good looking and that, that she thinks that, man, this is maybe somebody that she can, she can hook up with. In, in today's language, they would say she was thirsty for Joseph. She, she wanted a little bit of a drink of Joseph. And so she starts pursuing Joseph. And, and Joseph continually puts himself in a situation where he will not stumble. He will not fail. One day she eventually catches him by himself and says, Joseph, hey, you need to come sleep with me. And Joseph says, man, my master, meaning her husband, has not 
He has given me everything to take hold of in this house except for you. And there's no way that I could ever do that to him. Not only that, but I would never be unfaithful to my values of my God. And he runs out of the house as she grabs him, grabs his uh, coat that he's wearing, and comes up with a story that he tried to rape her. And the master, of course, is angry and gets Joseph thrown into prison. And so here we have Joseph who is at the top of his family and he gets sold into slavery by his brothers and he goes to the bottom and he starts to rise up in Potiphar's house and he gets falsely accused and all of a sudden he's thrown back into prison for a crime that he did not commit. And that's where we pick up the story in verse 20 and this is what it says. It says, so he took Joseph and threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held and there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. And I love that the Bible details this fact that that God was with Joseph. Because if I'm walking in Joseph's shoes, I'm feeling anything but God is with me. In fact, I'm feeling like, man, God, where are you? What are you doing? What is happening in my life? I started at the top and now I'm at the bottom. I started to rise again and I fell again. And, and, and it seems like Joseph kid's getting pushed back and back and back and back. And it would have been really easy for Joseph to go, God, where are you? What are you doing? I've been faithful. Why are you not being faithful? But it says that the Lord was with Joseph there. And I think that there's a lesson here for you and I, New Sound. And the lesson is, is that, man, so many times we feel like we're in our own prison or we feel like we're in our own pit or we've hit our own bottom. And we feel like in those moments that God has abandoned us. But the reality is, is that in those places, God is right there with us in those difficulties. God is present in those obstacles and God is present in that prison that you're facing. And it continues on. And it says, And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners. And over everything that happened in the prison, the warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. And the Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. And what I love about Joseph is, is that he never starts blaming others for his circumstances. He, he never just sits down and pouts in those moments. He never becomes discouraged in those moments. He just remains faithful. And when we remain faithful, God can take the greatest obstacles that we're facing in life and use it to create the greatest opportunities. So if we wanted God to take the obstacles we're facing and help us to realize the opportunity that lies within it, there are some things that we can learn from Joseph's life here today. Number one, if you're taking notes, here's what we need to do if we're going to turn our obstacle into an opportunity. Is Number one is you and I, we have got to bring the best self. We've got to bring our best self to every situation. Now, I love slogans. I love slogans of different companies and because they're memorable. And, and, and in fact, I want to give you a slogan and I'm going to give you the first half of it and they're at home or online while you're typing in there in the comment section. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to fill in the rest of the slogan. Uh, and the first slogan comes from State Farm and it goes, like a good neighbor. Come on, you know what it is. State Farm is there. 
We've, we've all heard that, right? How about, how about this one? This one is from M&M's. The milk chocolate that melts in your mouth, not in your hand. You know, that slogan came up in 1954, and they're still using it today. But the greatest slogan of all time comes from a, a, a sportswear company, and it's the company Nike. In fact, I have it right here. It's just do it. Uh, I, and I love this slogan, just do it. And when I think about Nike, that slogan, just do it, it energizes me. It makes me think, man, I can take on anything. I can overcome the world. And man, if whatever obstacles in my way, man, if I just do it, man, I'm going to push through and I'm going to make it happen. No matter what the challenge, just do it. But I don't know about you, but that feeling sometimes of just doing it, sometimes begins to fade away and it begins to move kind of to a different slogan where it's just kind of do it. You know, it's a little bit of a, of a wavy swoosh that's there. It's, it's like, man, I, I, I'm a little wishy-washy in life and times that I find myself in situations that are difficult, situations that are overwhelming, when it comes to how I show up to my family, when it comes to how I persevere at my job, when it comes to how I deal with my children. Uh, have you ever found yourself in a place where you're like, I just am kind of doing it? Like I'm just kind of there in that moment. Like I'm not really fully there. And, and it seems like, man, I, I want to move forward. And I also just can't really stop. I'm just kind of at that moment. And sometimes I even trade it in for this slogan. Like when I, I get to the end of myself where I'd go, I just can't. Let's just be candid. I just can't do it. There's so many things pulling me in so many directions in life. Sometimes I feel like I should put this shirt on almost like every single day. And sometimes you and I, we feel like we just can't. The obstacle feels so great that we just feel like, man, I just can't overcome that. I just can't put up with my boss any longer. I just can't deal with this rebellious teenager. Listen, I just can't deal with being stuck at home in quarantine any longer. Can I get an amen? Like, I just can't deal with this financial mess that I find myself in. I just can't deal with my spouse that never seems to be happy in the moment. I just can't. And sometimes we find ourselves in a situation what we say to ourselves, I just can't. And listen, I don't want to minimize your obstacle or the impact that that obstacle is having in your life. But I do want to challenge you. And here's the question I want to challenge you with today, New Sound, is are you bringing your best self? Like, are you bringing your best self to the workplace every day? Are you bringing your best self to that child that you're trying to tutor at home right now? Are you bringing your best self to that marriage? Are you bringing your best self to that workout? Are you bringing your best self in life? 
And, and, and I get it. There are so many things in life that are out of our control. The economy's out of control. Uh, social distancing is out of our control. Uh, we can't control the choices of other people. We can't control the situations we find ourselves in. There are a lot of things we can't control, but there are also some things that we can control. We can always control the attitude that we have. We can always control the choices that we make. We can always control the perspective that we take. We can always control the decisions that we're making. We can always control the words that we are speaking in life. And there are so many things that are out of our control, but there are some things that we can control. And in those things that we can control, we have got to ask ourselves, am I bringing my best self to this situation? Am I controlling the things that are within my control? Am I doing the things that only I can do, which then allows God to do the things that only he can do in my life? What I love about Joseph is, is that Joseph isn't wallowing in the spot he finds himself in, and he is in a difficult spot. He is in a dark spot. He's in the worst spot possible, and, and he didn't even get in that spot because he did something wrong. He actually did the right thing. But he isn't blaming people. He isn't making excuses. He's being faithful with what he has. And he's bringing his best self to the situation where he is every single day. And Joseph's life makes this emphatic statement that no matter where you are, God is not done with you yet. You may feel imprisoned by your situation. It might seem like certain freedoms have been taken away, but there are freedoms you still have. And Joseph recognized that while he might be in prison and was not free to go, he was free to choose his attitude that he had in that circumstance, in that situation. And while he was still free to love and he was free to give and he was free to serve and he was free to pursue God and still free to hope and he was still free even though his circumstances said he was not. What's amazing about Joseph is he brought his best self every day and remained faithful. And when we are faithful, God can take our greatest obstacles and use it to create our greatest opportunities. In church, I want you to lean in on this. Listen, listen, New Sound Church. When we are faithful. God can take any obstacle we're facing. And what can he do? He will make us. You and I. He'll make us so much better. It's one of the reasons why we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting right now. We're going, you know, in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of things that are happening all around us. How are we getting better every day? What choices are we making to be more and more like Jesus so that we're bringing our best self to the table every single day so that we're hearing his voice, we're responding to his voice, we're becoming better every single day. We're getting to know the creator and the lover of our soul on a deeper, more intimate level so we can bring the best of us to everybody else that we encounter. And listen, when we place our trust and our hope and our faith in him, and we do what only we can do, which is bring our best self, what happens is God does what only he can do. And when we are faithful, God will take our greatest obstacle and use it 
to create the greatest opportunity. But we need to bring our best self to the situation. And another thing we need to do is, number two, we have to act on the opportunity. We have to act on an opportunity. And that as a people, we simply act on the opportunity. And I read this quote quite a few years ago from a a guy and a great pastor named Charles Swindoll. And he said this, we are all faced with a series of great opportunities, brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. Listen, you and I are all faced with a series of great opportunities, brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. You know, right now, I know a lot of people feel like we are in an impossible situation. We're in a situation where it's doom and gloom. There is no hope. There is no opportunity. But I was talking to a business guy just this morning who who has looked at this pandemic that we're facing and self-quarantine and he's looked at opportunity and in this time he's been able to hire an additional 60 employees he's been able to double his business why because what he saw was an impossible situation was brilliantly disguised as an opportunity and so many times what we do is we look at the impossible situation we go oh man it's over it's done there's no way I'm going to make it through this and we miss out on the action that is there for us to have an opportunity in life. And this is where Joseph is. He's at this place where he is facing an impossible situation and and an opportunity, boom, brilliantly pops up. And it comes in a place in a prison where he begins to rise in leadership. Why? Because he brings his best self every single day. And every single day he does that. The royal prison guard notices this and begins to put him in charge of everything everything and so as new prisoners are coming in Joseph is showing them around he's giving them the rounds of what it's like to be in prison where their bunks are going to be what their jobs and their options are while they're in prison and over time he begins to build relationships with every single one of the prisoners and one day he notices a couple are down and in Genesis chapter 40 verse 6 it says this it says when Joseph saw them the next morning He noticed that they were both looked upset. He says, why do you look so worried today? He asked them, and they replied, we both had dreams last night, and no one can tell us what they mean. Now, this isn't the first time that Joseph has ever encountered a dream that needed to be interpreted. In fact, he had a dream at 16 years old that God supernaturally gave him revelation of, and he knows what it's like to have dreams interpreted Is And so the question is, is is, do I risk to get into the interpretation business again. Because the last time I interpreted that, it got me thrown into a pit and sold off into slavery. Will he act on the opportunity that's before him? And I love what Joseph says. Joseph says, interpreting dreams is God's business. He says, come on, go ahead, tell me your dreams. Because he knew that God is in charge and perhaps... God would use me to do something miraculous and communicate to you through those dreams. So he's like, let's, let's, let's take, give it a shot. Let's take advantage of the opportunity. And so they tell Joseph the dream, and Joseph's able to interpret the dream. And one of them, he says, man, I've got good news. The other one, he says, man, it's not very good news. And uh, one of you will be restored. The other one will be murdered. Sorry about that. And then he sees the opportunity, and he takes it. <laughs> 
And this is what he says in verse 14. He says, please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. What does he do? He sees an opportunity and he seizes it. He has a carpe diem moment. The challenge for Joseph is that it did not happen immediately. And I think that's the challenge for a lot of us. Is we see opportunity and we act on it. We're like, why is it not instantaneous? Like, why doesn't it happen right away? And listen, in Joseph's case, they forget about him for two years. He stays in prison two additional years because he gets forgotten in that moment. It doesn't mean that God is not helping him to seize and act on the opportunity that he took in that moment. And so many of us, our problem is, is we want something and we want it right now. Right? We live in the in day and age of instantaneous gratification and we fail to realize that there is a timing that is a part of the process and that timing is God's timing and there is a process to the blessings of God because in God's word there are over 3,000 promises but with every promise that is in his word there is a premise there is an action that you have got to act on that opportunity and the promise is, is the blessing will come to your life after you act and so many of us what we fail to realize is the opportunity that is right in front of us because we don't want to act on anything. We want the blessing and then we'll take action. And God says, hey, I'm going to give you the opportunity to act. And as you act, the blessing will come on the back end. That's why Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, it says, and I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. See, us acting is an internal action as well as an external action. It's trusting that while we're in the middle of the mess or the obstacle, that God is not yet finished yet. It's trusting that this isn't the end, that God is still in control, that God has still got a plan, and I don't see it, I don't understand it, but at the end of the day, I trust it, and I'm going to act on those opportunities. And so what happens is this two years later, Pharaoh has a dream. He actually has two dreams, and not a single person can interpret it, and then the cupbearer remembers, oh yeah, there's this guy in prison named Joseph who can interpret dreams. You, you should call him up and have him come listen to your dreams. And this is what it says in Genesis 51. It says, there was a young Hebrew man with us in prison who was a slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he told us what each of our dreams meant. And so Pharaoh calls Joseph out of prison into his presence. And all of a sudden, Joseph sees the opportunity again, and he acts on it. And so Pharaoh sh shares the dream with Joseph, and Joseph interprets the dream and proves himself to Pharaoh. And what he does is the same thing that he's always done. He brings his best self to the moment. He proves himself faithful in the moment. And what was initially an obstacle all of a sudden turns into an opportunity where he is put in charge of everything 
in Egypt except for what Pharaoh ultimately controls. And so many times we want God to bless us, but yet we fail to have the action that is necessary for the blessing. We wish God would, but we sit idle waiting for him to do something when he's waiting for us to act. What if God needs action to bless that action? See, Joseph sees opportunity and takes action. Listen, new sound. We need to see opportunity and we need to take action. That's what this 21 days of prayer and fasting is all about. It's about realizing there is an opportunity to seek the very heart of God in a season where we have more time and more opportunity to seek him than ever before and taking that step of going, man, every day I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna get in your word, I'm gonna pursue you with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I believe that by doing that, you're gonna speak to me, you're gonna reveal yourself to me, you're gonna heal me, you're gonna transform me, you're gonna renew me, you're gonna do what only you can do inside of me by me taking an action and taking a step of faith and by me stepping out in faith, God, you're gonna be faithful to create what only you can do. And what's interesting is, is God ends up saving Joseph, but not just for Joseph's sake. He saves Joseph for all people's sake. And here's what happens. It's number three, is God rescues us so that we can be rescuers. What God does is he saves Joseph, not for Joseph's sake, but saves him to actually save other people. He positions Joseph so he can distribute food all throughout of Egypt and all throughout the world so that he can eventually save entire people groups of people, including his chosen people, the Israelite people. And could it be that the obstacle that you're facing today is an opportunity in disguise that's just you haven't recognized it yet that is there to actually not only rescue you, but God wants to use that obstacle that you're facing as he rescues you to use that story to rescue other people? Is it possible that the, that test that you're going through today is later gonna be your testimony that's gonna set some people free? Is it possible that God is using that, that setback that you're facing to be a setup for what he eventually wants to do in your life? But we have got to bring our best self to the moment. We have got to go, you know what, God, I'm gonna act on the opportunity and I'm gonna believe that when you rescue me, you're not just rescuing me so I can be saved, but so that you can use my story you can use my life, you can use my influence to rescue other people. And listen, I know some of us are facing some extreme hardships right now. And I'm not unaware of those difficulties in those moments, but could it be that God is testing you, that God is seeing, will you be faithful because that great obstacle that you're facing is really disguised as an incredible opportunity for everything that he has in your future. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, we thank you so much that you're a God that is a rescuer. 
that you're a God that always provides and makes a way where there is no way. And I know that there's some people that are out there that they are facing what feels like some impossible tasks in life. It feels like that they are in a pit, that they have been locked up, that they are imprisoned in life by all kinds of different things. But here's what I know is that you never leave us or you never forsake us. That in the middle of the pit, that in the middle of the prison, that in the middle of the storm, you are right there with us. And God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us like we never have experienced before. And that God, in the middle of that, that we wouldn't just bring a, 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 a portion of ourself or an aspect of ourself, but God, we would bring our best self to you in full surrenderness and go, God, my life is yours. I might feel like I just can't, but I know that when I surrender to you that you take what is an impossible situation and make things possible. God, I surrender in this moment. Use my life. Use my story. Use my situation to bring glory to your name. And God, give me faith to step out and act on the moments and opportunities that are before me. Maybe you're out there and you're listening today and you've never taken the greatest act of faith and that's to begin a relationship with the creator of the universe, a God that loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to rescue us from our prisons and from our pits and from our storms in life. And maybe today you don't need to join a church or be a part of a religion, but you need a relationship with this God that loves you so much that he wants to rescue you from your situation. In fact, he's already made a way for you and it's through his son, Jesus. And it begins with a prayer. It begins with you simply saying this, God, I need you. Thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for me. Come into my life, forgive me. Be my Lord and Savior. I surrender to you today. It is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you just made a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to tell you, you just made the greatest decision you could ever make. And right now, all of heaven is celebrating that decision. And we as a church are celebrating that decision. And we want to get some tools and some resources in your hand. In fact, there's some people online. And there, are, if you're on our church online platform on the newsound.church website, there's a button you can hit in some other places. There's opportunities for you to let people know through prayer that you made that choice because we want to help you as you walk this journey of faith and listen, New Sound Church, man, we love you. If there's anything we can do to serve you in this season, please reach out to us. Let us know. We're praying for you. We're trusting with you. We're standing with you as we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. We believe the best is yet to come. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to New Sound Church's weekly podcast. If your life has been impacted by today's message, we would love for you to share your story with us by emailing story at newsound.church. Join us again next week for another inspirational message from New Sound Church.